Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings at Walt Disney World. I'm Carrie Hayward, and each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, we are talking all about first steps for the newly engaged. Christmas and New Year's Eve are super popular times of year to get engaged, so if you are among the newly engaged, this episode is for you. Today, my special guest, Nicole Jubin, and I will talk about all of the things you need to know if you are interested in having a Disney's fairy tale wedding in Florida. So welcome, Nicole. Hi, Carrie. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Do you want to tell my listeners a little bit about how you got engaged and decided to get married at Walt Disney World? So Disney was always a huge part of my life. I actually went on my first visit when I was younger and fell in love with Disney and the parks. And when I saw the wedding pavilion, I knew it was the place I had to get married in. (laughs) We got engaged on a Royal Caribbean cruise, actually. So it wasn't really Disney themed, but we did get engaged on a cruise. (laughs) <laughs> That's awesome. And the important part is you get to have your Disney's fairy tale wedding. Absolutely. So since Nicole is currently in the thick of the planning process for her Wishes Collection event, she is going to share her tips and advice on the show today while I go through all of the basics that you need to know if you are looking to have a wedding at Walt Disney World. So whether you've been planning your wedding in your head for years or you just discovered that Disney does weddings, these are the things that you're going to need to know if you are interested in getting married at Walt Disney World. The first step is always to decide whether you can afford it. And that can sound pretty overwhelming because what you really want to do is pick out your dress and all the fun stuff, but it's important to know whether or not Disney has an option that is in your budget. So let's go over what they offer. The smallest and least expensive way to get married at Walt Disney World is called the Memories Collection. And this is a package for you, the couple, and up to four guests. And it includes everything, all the basics that you need to have a very small, intimate, almost an elopement ceremony. I think this was designed for vow renewals, but people who are just interested in eloping at Walt Disney World find it to be a good option too. And that is $3,500. That price includes the tax on all the elements of the package. I have a whole separate episode coming up called the Memories Collection Overview that will go over everything that comes in the package and all the details that you're going to want to know about that. I also have an episode called Memories Collection Overview from last year that you can listen to if you are hearing this episode before I have released the 2018 version of that show. Now the next step up is the Escape Collection, and that is also a package, but it allows you to have up to 18 guests, and it has a few more things, like a cake. One of the things they don't have in the Memories Collection is a cake, but Escape has the cake, bouquet, boutonniere, champagne, you have a limo service, all the basics that you would need to get married at Walt Disney World, but with a little bit more flexibility and more customizability. 
Now, the one thing to know about escape and also memories is that neither of these are available on the weekends. So you would need to get married on a weekday to take advantage of these. The escape collection starts at $7,000 and goes up to $8,000, and the price just depends on what venue you pick. So I also have an overview show about escape, and I will be releasing an updated version of that for 2018 soon that includes all of the new pricing and the details so that if you are interested in escape but you want to know what you can customize, how you add a private event or a dessert party, that's going to be an episode that will have a lot of information for you. And then the third collection available at Walt Disney World is called the Wishes Collection. Now this is not a package. This is an a la carte event that has a minimum amount of money you must spend, but you can spend it on anything that Disney offers. So while it's not one-stop shopping, it does have a lot of flexibility and it allows you to customize almost the sky is the limit for what you get. But it starts at $11,800, which would be the absolute minimum amount you would need to spend and that would be for a 20-person event. It would have to take place on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and you would have to have a brunch reception in order to get that price. And your ceremony would have to be at one of the resort locations. So you could not have this in a park and get that price. But again, there are tons of ways to customize this. And I have a whole show, a Wishes Overview show. And again, I have a 2018 version coming up soon that talks about all of the different options, all of the minimums, the requirements, how to set up your room block, how to add a dessert party, everything you would want to know about having a wishes collection event. And that is in that separate show. One other thing you should know about wishes is because it's not an inclusive package, you all have to pay for tax and service charge extra. So service charge is 24% and that's on all food and beverage and some audiovisual elements. And then 6.5% local tax is applied to basically everything, including the service charge. So again, listen to the wishes collection overview to hear all of the details of that. We were actually in between doing Escape and Wishes, but we ended up going to Wishes because our guest count was more than 18. So it's definitely something to consider when you're thinking about the people that you want to have at your Disney wedding, because the guest count makes a huge difference between those two packages. Yes, so much so that that is step three of our four-step process for figuring out what your first steps are. <laughs> so we're, we're going to talk about that in a second because, yes, as Nicole points out, guest count has a huge impact on the price and the feel, everything about your wedding. So those are the three basic ways to get married at Walt Disney World. When you hear all these different prices, don't forget that these are just the prices that you pay to Disney. So you're going to have additional expenses for things like formal wear, your honeymoon, travel, rings, your officiant. All of those things that are not provided by Disney are going to be extra on top of that. So one way to get a, an idea of whether this is something you can afford is to make a sample budget in Excel or to use the one in my guide to Disney weddings and honeymoons, which is interactive in the ebook version. So that allows you to put in what you think you'll pay for different things, and then it will calculate exactly how much you're going to pay to Disney, how much is going to be on top of that, what the service charges will be, and what the tax will be. And the place that you can go to get prices to put into that, because if you're starting from scratch and you have no idea what all this stuff is going to cost, would be the various Disney Brides Facebook groups 
where a lot of currently planning couples share their information, including their BEOs, which are kind of like the Bible of your day, and they include all the pricing. So when you go through somebody else's BEO, if they're getting married the same place you want to get married, if they're having the same options, you can use those prices and plug them into your Excel spreadsheet or into my guidebook, and then get an idea of whether this is something you can actually afford. I also have a lot of the prices for individual items, including the tiniest thing like flatware in my guide to Disney weddings and honeymoons. The Facebook groups were definitely, and the book, of course, were two of the things that I'm definitely utilizing the most during planning. The Facebook groups, you kind of find your little circle of friends who are planning similar events and you're able to connect with them and see pictures of their day and how their photographers worked with them and different things. So it's really helpful when choosing photography and your vendors that aren't included in your Disney package. Definitely. I highly recommend it for all those reasons. It's a great community of support. If you can't get a hold of your planner or you're not at the stage where you can talk to Disney yet, you can go on there and get pretty great, reliable information from other brides and grooms who are going through exactly what you are soon to be going through yourself. Absolutely. So step one, you've completed that. You've decided, yes, I can afford a Disney's fairy tale wedding. Step two is to pick a date. Now, you don't need to have your exact date when you first call Disney, but even picking a month or a time of year is going to help you narrow down the pricing and how much the travel is going to cost and what your options are going to be. So you might want to pick a meaningful date, maybe your grandparents' anniversary or your dating anniversary. Maybe you love Halloween or Valentine's Day. This is when you get to decide whether you want to tie one of those into your future anniversary for the rest of your married lives. <laughs> also important is what season you pick. So things to consider are the best times of year to visit Walt Disney World. Obviously, people love Walt Disney World at the holidays, but that's also the time because of that, that hotels cost the most, the parks are the crowdest. You're going to pay more for certain elements of your wedding in December. So there are high and low seasons for airfares and hotels. Usually those line up. You might want to consider when is going to be convenient for your guests. If a lot of your guests are teachers, for example, you may need to have your wedding during the summer or during a time of year when schools have holidays. Of course, that will probably also then mean higher prices for hotels and airfares. So if you are able to pick an off season, you're going to be able to save more money. We picked August because my fiance has siblings that are still in school. So it was more convenient for them to be able to attend a middle of the week wedding in August rather than having to pull them out of school for a week in December when their prime season is. So we kind of just went with August, even though it's a little bit hotter down in Disney during that month. But So the other important thing to consider is what day of the week you want. As I mentioned earlier, if you're having a memories or escape collection, you have to pick a weekday. If you're doing wishes, the day of the week that you pick can have a tremendous impact on how much you're going to pay for things. So for wishes, the minimum expenditures are lowest on Tuesday and Wednesday. And a lot of times people balk at that and think, well, who gets married on a Tuesday or Wednesday? At Disney, every day of the week is a weekend. Like you're on vacation. You don't know whether it's Tuesday or Saturday. Nobody's going to freak out that you're having a Tuesday wedding when they're in the middle of a fantastic vacation. Absolutely. We're doing a Tuesday wedding. So we figured people can fly in on Sunday and then have Monday to kind of do their own thing. And then Tuesday we'll get married and then they'll have the rest of that week to enjoy their vacations. 
Yeah, that's a great point. That's really convenient for your guests. And airfares are definitely something else to consider because they are cheapest in the U.S. on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday. So if you can make it work where maybe, like Nicole, your guests can fly in, and then maybe when they fly out, they fly out on a Wednesday, they're going to save money versus if they had to fly out on a Monday or a Friday. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing you're going to need to consider when you're picking your date is what time of day. Again, this also has an impact on how much you're going to spend on a wishes collection event. So wishes minimums are lower if you pick brunch over lunch or dinner. And that's another thing that sometimes people balk at and they say, well, when I think of a wedding, I think of Saturday night. But at Disney, you're going to find that things are a little bit different than you're used to in the rest of the world, but actually more magical. So (laughs) if you can get your head around the idea of a brunch reception, you're going to find it opens up a lot of possibilities, not only for saving money on your minimums, but also you'll save money on You know, you may not even need to provide a bar, or if you do provide a bar, people will drink less, and it will allow you to do things like have a dessert party in the evening. So we talk about that in some of the other shows about Wishes collection events. Yeah, we're doing a brunch on Tuesday, and then we're ending, like you said, with the dessert party at night. And the brunch menus are actually really, really, Disney does a great job, so they're really amazing at creating a menu that doesn't seem too brunchy or too breakfasty. It's a very good spread of good whole foods and your breakfast kind of items. That's a good point. Yeah, I often hear brides say they were surprised and guests at Disney weddings say that they were surprised how classy and how good the food offerings were. So even though you think brunch may sound casual, you could have the champagne brunch fit for the Queen of England if you wanted it because of what Disney can do. Yes, absolutely. Now, the third step when you're trying to figure out if you can have a Disney's fairy tale wedding is to estimate the number of guests. So, as we mentioned earlier, certain collections limit the number of guests that you can have. So, if you're having a memories event, you can only have four guests. If you're having an escape event, you can only have 18 guests. If you do wishes, you can have an unlimited number of guests, but the more guests you have, the more you're going to be paying for food and beverages. So, Because it's a destination wedding for most people, you will find that your response rate might be lower than an at-home wedding. In general, the response rate for a destination wedding is about 50% to 75% of the people you invite. Disney reports that they get a higher than average response rate because people get really excited about going to Disney for your wedding. (laughs) But in 10 years of doing this, I would still estimate that your response rate is going to be between maybe 60 and 70%. You still don't see 100%. I've only interviewed maybe one or two brides where they had like an almost 100% response rate. Now, you don't need an exact figure immediately for when you call Disney, but a ballpark figure is going to help you narrow down which venues are available to you and help you begin to estimate your costs. So certain venues at Disney have a minimum, notably the American Adventure Rotunda in Epcot has a minimum that if you don't have that many people, they won't even let you have an event there because to the park, it's not worth their time to close it down to day guests. But then on the flip side, if you have a huge guest list, that's also going to limit where you can have your event just because there aren't that many venues at Walt Disney World besides the ballrooms that can accommodate more than, you know, 150, 200 people. A good tip that someone mentioned to me is that when you're doing your contract to lower your estimated guest count, just because you have to guarantee 75% of those guests to Disney. So when you're doing your contract, 
if you have that 50 to 75% response rate and you have those numbers too high, you're going to have to find people to fill that 75% of your estimated guest count number. So we actually lowered our guest count, what we expected people to RSVP to, and we are over that amount now. But if people were to drop or something were to happen that some of our guests couldn't come, we would still not be responsible for filling extra seats. That's a really good point. And they let you make changes to your guest count for your menu purposes up to five days before your event. So if you do need to add some extra people, it's not going to be a huge deal. Now, step four, if you're all ready, you've decided you can afford it, you've picked your date, you've estimated how many guests you think you're going to have. Step four is to call Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings at 321-939-4610 to get the ball rolling. Now, when you call depends on what type of event you want to have. So for the memories collection and the escape collection, they will not let you book those until you are 10 months out, and they won't really start talking to you until you're about 11 months out. You could probably call it a year and start getting the information, but they can't do a lot for you when you're not within the window of booking. For wishes, you can start working with them 16 months out, but you can't book until 12 months out. So again, if you're way far out, like a year and a half, two years, this is where something like the Facebook groups or My Guide to Disney Weddings and Honeymoons can help because it will give you the information you need to start planning before you can actually start talking to Disney. You actually don't even get your Disney planner until you're about 12 months out. So at 16 months, you're just talking to what they call a sales consultant, I believe. So they'll help you set up your reception, your ceremony venues. And if you want to tour them, they're the person who gives you the tour. But you don't get to really talk to anybody about numbers or anything like that until your 12-month mark. Yeah, that's a good point. And something else to note is that when you call, the person you're going to be talking to is not a sales consultant. They're not an event planner. So it's best not to ask them a lot of questions or check availability because they do not have access to that information. And I've heard enough horror stories about brides who got off the phone in tears because someone told them they couldn't have something that they really could have that I do not advise that you ask them a lot. Just tell them your estimated guest count, the date you're looking at, the locations you want, and then they will put you in touch with a sales consultant. And that person will have access to the real information and they can tell you what's available and they can give you an estimate of what things are going to cost. Another thing to know is that it's going to take a few days to hear back. Disney is super busy with lots of weddings. Planners can have scores of weddings that they're working on simultaneously. October in particular is the busiest month for Disney's fairy tale weddings. So if you aren't hearing from somebody and it's October, that is why. So just be patient, but eventually they will get back to you and the sales consultant will start sending you the basic information you need to move forward. And in the meantime, as Nicole and I have said, join those Disney Bride Facebook groups because they are super helpful. They have lots of people who have gone through this, have the same experience. They can offer you opinions on things if you're trying to decide which gown you want to get or you don't know where to buy your invitations. They have tons of information. The other thing I'm going to plug, because it's my book and this is my show, (laughs) (laughs) is my newly revamped Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide. This is a 282-page guidebook that covers every aspect of planning your Disney wedding, and 64 pages of that is a bridal organizer that will track all of your details. So when you buy the ebook version, which is a PDF that you can open on your phone or your computer, your iPad, 
you can use the worksheets in the back. They're all interactive. So you can enter all of your data and keep it in one place. And as I mentioned earlier, there's also a self-calculating budget. So that's going to give you real numbers that you can take to whoever you're trying to get to pay for your wedding <laughs> and show them, you know, this is what it's going to cost for this. This is how much the tax and service charge are going to be. This is how much we have to spend above what we owe Disney. All the numbers that you need, you can get from this self-calculating budget. And the guide is applicable to vow renewals too. So if you're listening to this because you're thinking of having a vow renewal, Disney treats vow renewals and weddings interchangeably. The only difference is you don't have to have a marriage license when you have your vow renewal. So all the prices are the same, all the policies, everything is the same, and it's all covered in my book. You'll also find money-saving tips. There's a whole chapter on alternatives to Disney's fairy tale weddings. So if you find that they're just too expensive, there are plenty of economical alternatives on Walt Disney World property and surrounding Walt Disney World that can give you a dream wedding for a lot less than Disney charges. That book is so helpful. It's definitely, even when you go for your planning session, they'll ask you, oh, do you want the Dapper Dance? Do you want this? Do you want that? And so many girls get their BEOs back at the end and they're $50,000 over their budget. And I feel like the passporters enabled me to narrow down what I could and couldn't fit into my budget. So at my planning session, I was like, I want this, this, and this, and don't talk me into anything else, please. It was a good starting point to kind of get my budget together. So when I was able to go talk to Disney, I wasn't going to be $50,000 over when they sent me my BEO back in the mail. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, sometimes getting the BEO can be a little bit scary. <laughs> but that's, again, where the Facebook groups come in because people can help you cut down your BEO, your budget. Mm -hmm. When you post it, they will give you ideas of ways to save money. So just a few more plugs for my fairy tale weddings guide. There's also complete information on private and group dining for escape and memories events. So you'll find if you decide on memories or escape, you don't get as much handholding from your planner. So I have a whole section of the escape chapter that deals with different restaurants you might want to consider to make a group reservation, restaurants that have private rooms if you want a private room but you don't want to do a catered event, and then information if you do want to plan a catered event, you'll find out how much that's going to cost and what you're allowed to do as an escape collection couple. The book also explains every step of the wishes event planning process and it contains comprehensive current pricing information. So Disney changes their prices all the time and I update this book two or three times a year as the major changes happen so that it's always up to date. And once you have purchased the PDF version, you get free updates in perpetuity. So all you have to do is download the new version and then you have all of the new prices. And then lastly, the guide has a whole chapter on honeymoons and anniversaries. So if you decide you want to have your wedding at home, but you still want to have your honeymoon at Disney, or you want to go back for your anniversary, this chapter has tons of ideas of fun, special, romantic things that you can do to make your honeymoon or anniversary trip a little bit different than your typical vacation. So if you want to order a cake, or you want to have a private event, or you just want to do some fun, unusual things besides touring the parks, all of those are listed in that chapter. So Nicole, do you have any last tips or advice for listeners who may be considering having a wedding or vow renewal at Walt Disney World? As we've talked about, the Facebook groups are definitely a huge help. So definitely join one of them if you're able to. The girls in there are fantastic. So they're, they've been very helpful so far in the wedding planning process. And just be patient with Disney. They have a lot of weddings going on. But your planner will plan your event effortlessly. And once you talk to them and get to know them, you'll put full faith and trust into them because they're just so great at what they do. That's great advice. 
Well, Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I think this has been really helpful for anyone who's considering getting married at Walt Disney World, and I appreciate your taking the time. Thank you for having me. That's our show for today. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward, inviting you to join me again next week for another episode of the Disney Wedding Podcast. In the meantime, send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show site, DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Carrie Hayward's Fairy Tale Weddings Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at FairyTaleWeddingsGuide.com. 